You're listening to The Beltway Briefing, a podcast from Cozen O'Connor Public Strategies with perspectives from both sides of the aisle. Now for political insight and strategy, let's get started with your hosts, Howard Schweitzer, Mark Alderman, and Jim Schultz. Guys, good morning. It's uh, June 27th, Saturday. I just got back from 90 minutes of cardio tennis. Jim just got back from a bike ride and Mark is in Nantucket on Nantucket. Nantucket studio with the granddaughters. The Nantucket office is open for the summer. With a fashionable headband, I might add. Yeah. I thought you'd like the red, Jim. I do like it. I do. Jim, he's officially limousine liberaling it. (laughs) Uh, Guys, you know, we are all enjoying the day, the summer, I guess. Like, we've got it good, but... it's just such a strange world because while we kind of go on about our lives and do the things we do, it feels like the country is in a bad, I mean, it is in a bad place. Yeah. We have a, we have a pandemic that's not resolved. We have an economic crisis that we're dealing with and we have, you know, trying to deal with social injustices and all of those coming together at one time spell bad things for the country right it's yeah. it's in and the way people feel about how their lives are going right now so I, yeah it's not great i it's read a column great. by peggy noonan in a wall street journal yesterday basically saying we've got multiple crises going on and trump has pretty much established the fact sorry to say this jim but that he's not up to handling them not and, interested in handling them beyond not fit to handle them indifferent to the pandemic and not interested in resolving the social justice issues. It's all about and only about the reelect, which is not going well either. Jim, the one thing that really, I I, I want to disagree on the law, the law enforcement reform and on certainly on criminal justice reform. He's been in the forefront leading on that and leading from the front on that. So I tend to disagree on some of the social injustice issues, Mark. I know that, you know, there's there certainly hasn't been enough done, but you know, Joe Biden's had 40 years to do it and has done nothing. So we can we can debate that all day long. Go ahead. By Howard. the way, by the way, you know, there's look, there's blame to go around. California seeing record high cases. Democratic governor, obviously, New York was on the leading edge of the crisis. Uh, in, in New York City, Bill De Blasio is the has gotten plenty of blame for the way he's handled everything from the virus to the police. And I don't know, it's just, it's just not good. But Jim, one thing stood out to me this week and and that's that people are leaving this administration. And, you know, I, as, as most people know that listen to this, I was in multiple administrations and there was always, an unwritten rule that you don't leave in the last year of, of a reelect you stick around till the end. If you're in, you know, a year into the, a year before the election, then you better stay in for the long haul or you're excommunicated from Bush world or Obama world or Clinton world. People are leaving Jim. I think for assistance to the president, I think that's right. Howard. I mean, I've been in a gubernatorial administration and a, now in a a white house and the unwritten rule really is and i'm not surprised 
July is kind of the time frame. You get in, you get out in July, or you stay until the end. And you're seeing a lot of people that have left the administration, at least in the in the White House side of it, moving over to the campaign, which is entirely natural. So, I, I, and some of the folks that are leaving, folks that are leaving the National Economic Council, have been there almost the entire administration. So, I, I don't see that as a as a signal at all of, you know, the folks abandoning the ship. I mean, people have been, you know, this. There's been a lot of turnover in this administration period. That's no secret. I don't. I don't give any real credence to his prospects for reelect. Um, you know, credence to the fact that people are leaving to his prospects for reelect. I, I, I look at it as a poorly functioning ship. It's no. not a matter of abandoning ship. It's, no, I, I disagree with that. No, in a, I, because I've well been in an administration. I've you don't let people do this. that. No, people do leave going into July, Howard. You, I think, I think you're wrong about that. Hot, the, I don't think assistance to the president. You're not going to have folks that are at the highest levels leaving. And there haven't been many of those that, have kind of come to the end here that have been there a long time and said, okay, I'm leaving now, like the Kellyanne Conways of the world. I mean, certainly Kellyanne could have left whenever she wanted to leave and she's sticking in. And Stephen Miller is still with him and kind of the, and, and, you know, and those are good things. And the point is, right. No, 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 I get it. But but I'm saying like, Stephen Miller is still with him. Right. Stephen Miller is still with him. Credit to the president's leadership. But I mean, there are a number of people that have been around him. Dan Scavino has been there since day one. Uh, you know, there's been a t- there are a ton of folks that are actual assistants to the president, not deputy assistants or special assistants that are th- that have been there from day one or continue to hang in there. And you know, you don't see the likes of Larry Kudlow saying he's leaving anytime soon. So well, he doesn't need to leave because right. well, he's got plenty of money in the bank. But right, people but are I mean, but, ship. but people. But people that are kind of the deputy assistant, second and third tier folks in the in the White House are certainly going to make a judgment as to whether they're going to go or not. Mark, Mark, you've been in dozen, not dozens, but many, many uh, presidential campaigns on the Democratic side. And, you know, Joe Biden is pretty much in in hiding. So I mean, you've been well, advisors now, to campaigns. Now I you, get to disagree with you. Yeah. Go on. So no, dis, I mean, he's pretty he's much in hiding. He's in hiding. He's not. He's not leading he's not, anything. Not campaigning. He's, right? he's not campaigning. Well, he's he's not, been in Pennsylvania three times in the last two weeks. Yeah, so he gets he gets he to is, leave his nice little shore house in Rehoboth, trip over the border <laughs> to Philadelphia, act like but, he's doing something. But here's and the trip, point. Here's the point. Rehoboth. He's well, not. He's not point. articulating a vision. Should he be? I'm not. I, I think there are different ways to look at that. Should he be? Trump's doing plenty of damage to to himself. What what should Biden be doing now? You're talking to people every day inside and, the campaign. What, and what are you telling them? Well, we're talking about exactly this, because at the moment, what he is doing is working, whether you consider it hiding, which it's not or slowly rolling out the campaign, it is working. If the election were going to be held this Tuesday, which unfortunately is uh, 120-some days before it will be, Joe Biden would be elected president. The um, I don't know about people in the administration abandoning Trump. I haven't kept score on that. But clearly, the American people are abandoning Trump. And we should talk about, Jim, the polls, and we should talk about 
what you think the president should be doing. But inside the Biden camp, the daily conversation is we're winning. We can't rest on the polls because, first of all, they're polls and they're often wrong. But secondly, the election isn't for 120 some days. But to say that Joe Biden is doing nothing when the election is coming to him is not... uh, is not, I, so, I think, a reflection well, a, of what's he, happening. Well, he ah. isn't doing anything, but the election is coming to him. So my question was, should he continue the, with the posture he's maintaining, which is a very low profile, or should he put himself out there more? And it sounds like you're saying, should. keep doing, I keep think, on keeping on. I think he should be preparing uh, for his vice presidential selection. That's and, what everything is heading towards. We have a convention coming up, which has to be, um, has to be prepared for, but yeah, my, my view is that if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And right now this election is coming to him. And Jim, what are are people inside the Trump campaign saying, what are you, you're talking to people. So here's the Trump world. They're way behind. What are they saying? I I don't think, Anyone is looking this in July. I don't think anyone's surprised given the three things that I articulated earlier that are going on, that the right track, wrong track is going in the is going in a bad direction for the president as it relates to the country. We are going through, there are a lot of things that are going on in this country right now that are somewhat out of his control and our control um, as it relates to the pandemic. But that being said, I, I don't feel too bad as to where we are right now. And I think there needs to be, he, and, and it's. Well, you can't not, feel too good. It's not unfixable, right? Remember what happened. I mean, we look, I saw polls in Pennsylvania that just this week that had in, in certain Senate districts that are, that are, that are democratic leaning, uh, but have a decent rubber Republican registration where the numbers aren't that far off of where they were with Hillary Clinton going into October of last year, into October of last year, in the on the main line of Philadelphia, in the suburbs of Philadelphia. So I don't feel too bad at this point in time. Plus, you have the enthusiasm gap issue as it relates to Biden and getting that, you know, the, the turnout, as Mark and I keep talking about, is so very important. That's where Joe's going to have to have to really start, you know, pushing forward in the fall and come out of the hole, if you will, because he needs that enthusiasm in order yeah, to, I agree to be that. competitive. The but reason- that but that being said, I think that Trump needs to do a couple of things. One, he needs to clearly articulate what he's going to do in a second term. It, it, this whole attack Biden, attack Biden, he's had 40 years. We can all do that, and that's a good campaign tactic. Defining your opponents, very important. But defining what's going to happen in the next four years of a Trump administration is so very important, and he hasn't been doing a very good job at that, admittedly, and he needs to do it. He and secondly, no he needs to yeah, no. And secondly, he needs to really contrast himself with Joe Biden. And that's not just about defining Bo Joe Biden. That's about contrasting himself with Joe Biden. And you know, this isn't anything new. Carl Rove talked about this yesterday, and I agree a hundred percent with Carl on this. That that the president, you know, first and foremost, has to talk about what he's going to do next next term, and he and he has to do it soon. And Jim, he has no answer. He has no answer to the question that Sean Hannity asked him earlier this week, what are your priorities for the second term? We've all seen the incoherent, incomprehensible, just extraordinary answer that had no priorities, 
but a reminiscence about how he had never slept overnight in Washington until he became president. He has no answer. He has no vision. He has no answer. And I agree with you. I agree with you that this is far far from out of reach for Trump's re-election. And, he, and he's got far. a really enthusiastic enthusiastic, And, and that's why, right? back to Howard's question, sometime between now and November 3rd, Joe Biden needs to come, come out with his vision for what happens next in America. And that vision needs to bring people to the polls. It doesn't have to persuade people. We've talked about this before. I don't see much persuasion going on in this election. Everybody has more or less made up their mind, but Joe Biden has to bring people out. And that enthusiasm gap is the the reason that he is not going to campaign through the wire from his basement. But Donald Trump has failed in the three crises that you identified, Jim. There is no leadership, and he has no answer to the question what he's going to do with four more years. And I'm not I'm not sitting here waiting for him to beat himself. We tried that last time. It didn't work. But, but I got to tell you, uh, again, wishing the election were in two days, not 120-some, this thing is not going well. For, well, I mean, look, for your Mark, side. Mark, you, well, and, I, you and I sat The country there isn't in a good place. In I not, mean, the not, country isn't going well. Look, in, we are the laughing stock of, of the world right now. Like, you know, it, it, there's this whole question now of whether we're going to allow travel, whether we are going to allow travel from Europe to the United States. Europe doesn't want travel from the United States no. to Europe. Nobody wants us. Look, we're we're, we're also not. We're, I, I don't. I disagree with you on that, Howard. I don't think we're a laughing stock. Well, part of that is world politics too. This president has Damn, held numbers. Europe. You held Europe so accountable and and coming to the table in terms of NATO and Nonsense. forcing them to the table yeah. to spend money Nonsense. they weren't going to spend. And some of that is putting it is sticking it right back to Trump. And some of it is the numbers, Howard. But I have yes, to tell the numbers. It's but, the but numbers at the same time, most we're, a bit, we're a big, diverse country. The most of the problems where, where the problems are really occurring, why we've seen spikes in some of the more rural areas, most of the problem is in the major metropolitan areas where all the people are, right? That's New York. That's New Jersey. Pennsylvania. No, not is anymore. Philadelphia. Not anymore. Texas. It's well, I, I get Texas. it, but, but right, yeah, you're South talking Carolina, about Carolina. Right, but Houston, Texas again is a, Florida. is a metropolitan area, and you're seeing it in Arizona in, in densely populated areas. The idea right? that Europe is going to ban Americans from travel to spite Donald Trump is just. Infowars nonsense. Okay. I, 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 Mark, not, I got to tell you. There is a pandemic. The pandemic didn't go away when Donald Trump stopped paying attention to it. Here's kind of the bottom line. You know, well, it's my bottom line anyway. If there's measurable, significant medical progress between now and this election in beating the virus, a vaccine, a treatment, treatment trump's gonna win and if there isn't he's gonna lose i think it all comes down to that and and meanwhile 
you know, yesterday there was a briefing from the coronavirus task force for the first time in two months, two months, Jim, because Trump decided a couple of months ago that his daily clown show, you know, wasn't going well and yeah, wasn't governor, helping him. It wasn't helping him. Too. Right. And he shut it down. And so for two months, there's been silence from the administration on a global pandemic. It's not acceptable. You can't possibly no, there hasn't, defend There that. hasn't been silence on it because, look, it's not like that group hasn't been accessible to the news media otherwise, and it's not like the vice president hasn't been out there every day commenting on those mm. issues. The fact that, they're that they didn't all group together and, 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 and have a powwow and a press Here. conference every day for two months, I don't care. Yeah. I you don't, don't care. care. And I don't think the American people game. care either. They're, they're retired here's what, looking. All that was doing was instilling no, here's fear what in America. People, here's what people was 120,000 people, people that have died. People care about the fact, the fact that 120,000 Americans have died, that the entire scientific community agrees that wearing a mask is better than not wearing a mask. And Trump goes to two places with spiking cases, Tulsa and Arizona, and proudly parades around without a mask because he doesn't care. Because he, he gets doesn't tested. Care. It's because not that he, he doesn't tested. care. Because no, because he thinks wearing a mask prevents you from giving to other people. He's been tested. Because he thinks it's weak. It's not that he doesn't care. It's that he thinks it's a sign of weakness instead of a, instead of a sign of strength. Well, I, I, I'll tell Where you. That's why. That's why. People come down a lot. Where's people come down the on the, the mask issue is something that people talk about on the street every day. So let's not act like there's there's a ton of people in this country that feel like the mask is. And you're making a more of a political statement about the mask, Mark. Because Joe Biden loves to parade around in a mask and hide away I'm in a in a, in a basement. It's leadership. I, I disagree hundred percent. I don't think the president of the United States, when he goes up to a microphone, needs to be the, wearing a mask when he's been Jim, tested and the people around Jim, him have been tested. Tell me I just don't think he has to do it. And I wouldn't do it either. What has the leadership been from the White House on this pandemic? From the Tell beginning. Me. Tell from me. From the, the beginning. Tulsa rally. The travel bans from the beginning. The, the, and you <laughs> know what? The Tulsa, the Tulsa rally, Mark, I have I have no problem with the Tulsa rally. Zero. I have Zero no problem, problem with either the Tulsa rally. Because I also was... have no problem with holding <laughs> holding a Republican convention. People have to be take individual responsibility and be smart about it. But I have no problem with having a convention either. I have no problem with going out to dinner tonight and being around other people and not wearing a mask in the restaurant while I'm eating. And when I well, head to the <laughs> head to the men's room, wear a mask if that makes people feel comfortable. Jim, be careful because we can't lose you from the podcast. Okay, I get it, but I just you know I I just you know I haven't been sick. People around me haven't been sick. We've been doing things. You know, we, I don't wear a mask everywhere I go. And I think there are a lot of people in this country that feel there was a lot of overkill from the from the stopping of the businesses in such a drastic way to then the mask being a political statement. There's a lot of people upset with that in this country. You, all you have to do is walk down the streets and you and you hear people on both sides grousing if you're not wearing a mask when you're sitting, standing on a sidewalk and other people saying, I'm not wearing that, a mask. It makes no that's sense. that's my point. And you're going to blame the president for the people that don't wear masks? You know, people have individual liberties and they're exercising. I'm going to blame the president for not leading 
the country. So he's not leading because he's not wearing a mask. He has ignored the it, the mask is symbolic of his indifference. I don't think the, the mask pandemic. is symbolic of any indifference to this been, pandemic. You know what? There hasn't been one person that's gone without a with without without a ventilator that needed one, right? And and we heard time and time again that there weren't going to be enough ventilators. Guess what? There were enough ventilators. And, and you know what? That's a credit to this administration, the fact that there were enough ventilators. The curve has been flattened. Of course, you're going to have some spikes along the way because you know what? That doesn't mean that the pandemic goes away when you flatten the curve. It just extends it out farther. So yeah, that's why we're going to have the issue. The last two days, we've had a record number of cases in the country. The curve isn't flat. Well, in what? some parts of the country, it is. In Pennsylvania, Howard, we're doing fine here. In yeah, in Pennsylvania. Yeah, in the places well, that got walloped in the first place. Places what? are unfortunately rising in Pennsylvania. But the the idea that they're the good is, thing you escaped mark that yeah well they're rising on nantucket as well because uh. they're rising in because the virus is indifferent to this debate that we have every but, but what you haven't morning. seen is such an as, as a, a spike in the deaths and that was something that was a point that was made the other day i think we're dealing with the virus better than we were dealing with it before in terms of who were quarantined, dealing with nursing homes, dealing with the elderly population, making sure that we're being more cognizant, folks over 70 no years doubt. old. We're doing a better job at that, and we're having less deaths as a result of it. And sure, you're going to get a spike when people that are young and healthy are congregating with one another. But at the end of the day, a lot of these folks are getting sick, and they're just fine at the end of the day. Yeah, but Jim, you can, you can, I hear you, and I don't disagree with some of what you're saying, but- we all know that Trump isn't doing well and that well, the polls are showing it, right? He, he's dead. Polls are showing it. Well, you look at the New York the way Times he's polls, carrying himself he was down five. It. Now he's down eight in the congregation of all the polls. Same thing with Re real clear politics, eight or nine down, you know, over the course of all the polls together, the Fox news poll has him down double digits. But at the end of the day, I mean, look, when Billy Bush happened in October of last year, Everybody said this thing is over. The polling numbers dipped. The suburbs went south. And guess what? We're all wrong. Yeah, Jim, we're not saying that. I'm not saying that he can't win. I think he can I'm, win. I said earlier that I'm, if something, you know, comes along and that enables us to deal with the virus, like it's all going to depend on the virus, which is, Mark, what you've said. Yeah, and the intertwine um, and the and the and the that intertwined with the economy, right? And you know how 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 the jobs numbers look as we start to. But get they're back. they are but, highly correlated. The economy we didn't sure, have. They are. That's why I said they're intertwined, crisis. right? We you had know, a public health crisis, public not health an economic crisis. crisis. Right. The economic crisis was caused by the public health crisis. The public health crisis has not been resolved. The economic crisis is is not going to be resolved until the public health crisis is you have states like texas opening reopening reclosing up down and sideways we're adrift jim we are adrift as a country and we are adrift because no, I don't think I don't think we I, part of that. I don't think we're adrift as a country mark I think states are going to have to deal with the with the with the bump and Morale the roller coaster ride of this, 
this right, but I don't believe we're adrift as a country. I you think, think morale in this know, country is good. That's, that's a different than a drift, Howard. But I, I do think, you think that morale well, what, what, in this country? Is good? My well, morale what? isn't good. I, and and you know what? You and I and Mark, we're we're doing really well during this pandemic, right? We're our biggest complaint is we're stuck in our nice houses somewhere. Right. right. There are people that are stuck in their houses in places and can't go to work and can't put food on right. the table. You know, but the federal government has come in and helped a lot of those folks. And that's recognized. Right. The, the, the fact that extra six hundred bucks a week is making a difference. Now, once that runs out, let's see how that plays out. But I have to tell you, there's a lot of people, you know, that, that are recognizing the fact that that extra money from the federal government that that, that this administration, had, you know, pushed and then administered along with some Democrats on the other side. Well, that it's was, helped. Right. It's helped. Absolutely. And we've all credited the bipartisanship of the early pandemic. I, I regret that that seems to be a, a thing of the past now also. But, but Jim, in the middle of all the above, in the middle of all the above, the administration went to court yesterday and argued once again for the repeal in its entirety of the Affordable Care Act, including specifically, specifically the pre-existing uh, condition prohibition with no substitute, with no plan, with no, with no path forward from what they have asked the court to do. And it is just symptomatic to no, but me this administration has been very, American. very clear on this on the on the pre-existing conditions that anything that's put in place going forward is going to address pre-existing conditions. But so that's just nothing, a that's a great Nancy Pelosi talking point, Mark. Jim, but that's but just the not day, right. If the court tomorrow repeals, uh, invalidates the entirety of the Affordable Care Act, there's nothing. In its place. Well, maybe and Congress then just, needs to get together and really address health care, just like they really need to get together and address immigration. But they and I'm need fine leadership. With there is no leadership. There is no leadership from the White House. There is no leadership from the majority leader of the United States Senate, God knows, on, uh, on Nancy Pelosi's just leading in the House. Their I mean, plans. They, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Well, yeah, healthcare for all. I get it, right? You just no, no. Spend more how money. about how about a ban on uh, pre-existing condition exclusions? It where where is the plan? The White where House has been leadership? clear on pre-existing conditions. Again, nice t Nancy t Pelosi talking point, Mark. The White Guys, House. Go ahead. Let's, let's <laughs> leave it there. <laughs> We're going to leave, leave it with it the there. Nancy Pelosi talking point. Good. I'm good with that. This was, this was a spirited Saturday morning debate. And uh, I know that, you know, every time before we get on here, we'd say, well, what are we going to talk about this week? And we feel like we have, you know, it's kind of same old, same old kind of week. And we end up having a great discussion. So the Beltway briefings are going to be less lively during the Biden administration. I'll give you that, 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 that is one disadvantage to the coming advice. That's administration. true. That's true. Well, uh, we'll be off for July 4th, but have a great holiday, everybody. And guys, thanks as always. See you guys. Have a good day. Great. Thank you for listening to the Beltway Briefing. If you liked our show, subscribe on iTunes or Spotify. And while you're at it, drop us a rating. To learn more about the Beltway Briefing or Cozen O'Connor Public Strategies, please visit our website 
at copublicstrategies.com.